We're taught that you need to have something that draws the customer in. It doesn't matter if it's in the travel industry. It doesn't matter if it's clothing. It doesn't matter if it's perfume. It doesn't matter if it's food. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to have something that draws that customer to your product. Welcome, everybody, to the Destination Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Stoker. And for the second episode in three weeks, my co-host, Jordan Barker, is unable to join us. He had to run out and visit a client in Minnesota, unfortunately. So we're going to be going without him. But luckily, our guest today and I go way back. And, you know, we've got enough experience chatting with each other that I don't think it's going to be hard to carry a conversation for for our, our episode today. But we've got a special guest today. Her name is Leisha Coltharp, and she is the executive director of the tourism office in Vernal, Utah. And Leisha, we're so excited to have you today. Welcome aboard. Hey, Adam. I'm excited to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, for, for our listeners to know, you know, you and I have worked together since I believe 2013. Is that correct? Wow. I don't know, but it's been a long time. So tw- <laughs> 2013 sounds great. <laughs> 2013, 2014, somewhere right in there. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, we, we started and we started an interesting time and I'm excited to dive into that a little bit. But first we have a, we have a question we like to have, ask everybody just as we get started. I'd love to know kind of what your dream destination is. Oh my gosh. So I've been thinking about this as I've been listening to your other podcasts and deciding what is my dream destination? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, mm, it's hard. I, I love to travel um, with my family. I don't really care where we go as long as we're not working and we're traveling together. But um, I, yeah, I, I've wanted to go to Italy um, so maybe we could say Italy could be my dream destination. Well, and you, you've got a, a family, you've got several kids. And so for you, you, you've got some, you, you know, you have more logistical planning that needs to take place when you're deciding on a destination, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of planning. I have teenagers, so, um, you tend to take them with you versus like you, Adam, where you have little kids and you travel without them. And so it's, you know, it's fun. It's, we take into account where everyone wants to go usually um, when we pick a destination, but I, Italy would be awesome. So, oh, so travel is a democracy right. in your yeah. house is what you're saying. Everybody, everybody gets, gets their opinion. <laughs> and, and my daughter, she doesn't like to drive. So, you know, it's either got to be a quick um, ride to the airport or uh, she doesn't like the, the car type of road trips. And, and I, I do prefer the car type of road trips. Uh, I think you get into some cool um, small communities and get to um, explore those. And, and those are awesome. So, and I am a Disney lover and we've talked about this, Adam. So, um, you know, I go to yeah. Disney at, at least, you know, once a year, once every couple of years, or sometimes twice a year or three times a year. It just depends what's going on. But um, it's not my dream destination, but it is like my number one spot like to go. I, I'm a Disney I'm a Disney fan. Okay. Have you ever left the kids and just gone you and your husband to Disneyland? We have. We have, yeah. Is that not the best? <laughs> it it is fun. Once again, like I have teenagers, so they're they're fun to travel with now. And, um, you know, they'll stay up, they'll get up when the park opens and stay up until it closes. And so they're a good time, but my husband and I have gone alone and it is fun. Um, it's kind of like slower pace uh-huh. when they're, when it's just him and I versus with our kids. But, 
um, it, it's a good time. Yeah. Two years ago, uh, Jamie and I went down to Disneyland together and it was really quick and it was in December and there was like nobody at the park. And so we got kind of the Christmas experience at Disneyland, no kids, no lines. It was like the perfect, perfect trip to Disneyland. You're like, this is my favorite Disneyland adventure. Yeah, that's cool. There's something about not having the crying children (laughs) that that just kind of changes that Disneyland experience. Right. I remember those days. I remember those days. And we're we're heading back here in a few months with my family, with my uh, nephews that are that are in that stage. So it's going to it's going to be kind of fun to relive that crying, staying up too late. But also that magic that you get to see um, through their eyes will be be awesome. Yeah. You know, we always do the parade with our kids uh, at Disneyland and, and watching them, you know, when, when the princesses come by and how they, they actually do a great job of like looking children in the eye and blowing kisses. And, you know, they, they did that. And I see my daughters just like so happy that Ariel actually looked at them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. They feel like they're just like connecting with them. So yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Yep. Well, I, I know that you are born and raised in Vernal, right? I am. Yep. I I have. I've been in the tourism industry all my life. Perfect. Perfect. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what led you to your current role, your background, and, and kind of where you are today. All right. So I... Um, my parents and my grandparents have been connected to Dinosaur National Monument for over... Um, over 50 years, they've been providing the shuttle service out there. And, um, when I was younger, my grandpa built a gift shop at the entrance of dinosaur national monument. And I started working there when I was 11 years old. Um, and I, I was telling one of my friends a story the other day, but we would set out on the balcony of the gift shop and we would look through binoculars and make sure all the traffic had came through the park. And once we couldn't see any more cars, then we would leave and it would be eight 30 or nine at night. And, um, I, I started driving home from, from dinosaur national monument, which is about 20 miles away when I was about 12 years old. And I've just been interacting with tourists. It was an information center, a gift shop and a snack bar. And I've been interacting with them since a, a very young age. But like I said, they they pro- were providing the shuttle service and um, different concessionaire services and Dinosaur National Monument since I before I was born. And so we just kind of have been in that industry. Uh, my grandpa owned a travel agency. And so I knew I wanted to do that. So when I graduated from high school, I went to school um, in the hospitality management program at what was UVSC. It's UVU now. Um, And I did that for a year and had some awesome experiences and lots of cool projects. Got to work with all kinds of hotels and restaurants and different things. Um, And that was back in the um, late nineties, let's just say that back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And then I met my husband and we, um, decided to go to school at Utah state. And I changed my mind on what I wanted to be when I grew up and decided I had all these business classes and decided I wanted to, um, teach business because I loved my business teacher in high school. He was he was awesome and um, got to do lots of cool projects. And I thought, I want to, I want to teach. I want to teach. And so I went to school and I got a degree in business um, education with a minor in marketing. And then I gave a try at teaching school and I decided 
that I didn't really like kids like I thought I did. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Other people's kids, right? Other, Other people's, people's kids. kids. I love my kids. Other <laughs> people's kids. <laughs> Other people's teenagers. But um, And so randomly, I, I had kind of waited for this. I thought, I'm going to hold out. Like, I wasn't at the high school. I was at the junior high. And I'm going to hold out. And I'm going to wait for this dream job. And, and the dream job at the high school came open. And I took the books home. Um, it was like a few days before school started and they were like, we'll give you this job. And, um, you know, it was like, oh, finally, all this work's going to pay off. And I took the books home over the weekend and I was like, no, it's not me. Like, I just can't do it. I just, I can't do it. And so, um, I took the books back and, um, I took the books back and was like, it's, it's not for me. I'm not going to do this. And, and the next week, um, my job opened up here um, with you into County Travel and Tourism. And um, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely where I was supposed to be. So I've been here for eight years, um, being the director of tourism for you into County and, and it's evolved into um, this monster of a beast that it is right now. (laughs) Back from the days when you and I first met Adam. And I know we're going to talk about that here in a minute about how, um, it's just changed here in Vernal so much over the last eight years since I've been here and the last six years since you have, you and I have been working together. Well, and, and one of the things about Vernal, you know, my favorite story about Vernal, and I, I've told you this, but I'll tell everybody on the, on the podcast, you know, when I was in high school, I went to a wrestling tournament in Vernal and it, it was a completely different town than it is today. You know, it was, it was hard to find a restaurant. There, there weren't, it, it was definitely as a high school kid, I thought, man, there's not really anything to do here was, was my thought at the time. And so when you and I met and I, I was headed out to Vernal to meet with you, I kind of had this preconceived notion of what Vernal is. And when I drove into town, I was like, this is not the same place that I visited in high school. You, you and Vernal have seen so much change, not just over the last six to eight years, but the last 20 years have been I mean, that place has transformed, right? It has. It's it's grown and developed and turned into this awesome community with so many um, so many resources. And I think there was always so many recreational opportunities here. It's just people didn't really know about them, and people just looked at Vernal and they were like, "Oil and gas, like that's what that is. That's that's oil industry. There's nothing else to do there." And really, oil and gas, yes, it does bring in a lot of money, and it, it brings in a lot of money that it's changed our economy for the better. Um, it's opened a lot of hotels and restaurants and shopping and different things like that that we wouldn't have without the oil and gas. But if you don't, if you're not looking for the oil and gas, you would never see the oil and gas when you come into Vernal. Like, have you ever seen any oil and gas when you come here, Adam? You know what? The only thing I've ever seen is that one little store on Main Street that says, and he's got the big I heart drilling yeah. signs right there. But even that is almost like an oil tourism <laughs> attraction as as opposed to actually seeing the oil and gas. So yeah, you're right. You really don't see that coming in. Yeah, town. you don't. It's it's definitely the southern part of um, you went to county. And it, like I said, it's great. It's, it's blessed our community um, with so many awesome things. I mean, we have two awesome colleges, a 
a brand new recreation community center, um, all kinds of great stuff from the benefit of the oil and gas. But as a tourist, you just don't even see that. Yeah. And, and you know what? Let's talk about that. I'm glad you brought up oil and gas because you have one of the most unique uh, destinations that I've interacted with because while you have a great tourism product, the hotel inventory is really chewed up by sorry that we one of our employees has a dog here in the office today and and is barking so if anybody can hear that it's it's the office dog uh but anyway uh you know the oil and gas industry fills up the hotel rooms a lot of the time and you guys are funded through the transient room tax uh the hotel lodging tax uh in your hotels and and so it creates an interesting situation where it's difficult to measure What's tourism and what's oil and gas, right? Yeah, so it's the craziest thing. Um, back when we started back in 2013, our and when I started in 2011, our hotel rooms were, our occupancy was 97, 98% occupancy. I mean, for a few, for a few years, it was over 100% occupancy. And people were living in our hotels. And um, one thing when people live in your hotels, if they stay in a hotel more than 30 days, it no longer becomes a transient stay. And so therefore you oh. lose transient room tax. And so you don't collect any tax off of that stay. That's that's just a little bit of information that a lot of people don't know. But someone in my situation yeah. who has people living in their hotels, um, we totally get that. So anyway, so for the first few years, I mean, it was, it was 97, 98% occupancy tourists would come into town and they would have nowhere to stay during the week. Um, on the weekends, you could find a room every once in a while, but it, it was tough. And, and the holiday and express was renting for $279 a night. And the Marriott was for three eighteen a night. And it was just, it was crazy. And, and because of that, because of that, um, lots of hotels started popping up and, since I've been here for the yeah. last eight years, there's been six new hotels that have been built. Um, and then through through the oil industry, you went to county pre um, the last oil boom, which was in 2006. So pre 2006, we had 600 rooms inventory in Vernal, and now we have 1,310 rooms. And wow. yeah, so so it's crazy. And and now what happens? Um, is probably even more damaging than what happened before. Before we were at 97, 98% occupancy, occupancy and it was coming in and tourists were having a hard time. And so they kind of wrote us off the map. Like we can't get a room, all of our like travel trade with like our coach tours and stuff left because they couldn't get a room, like they couldn't get a decent rate. And so they just wrote Vernal off of their itineraries. Um, so it's been a constant thing trying to rebuild that. But now we have 1,310 rooms every night. And if industry is, you know, only using four or 500, because it's not really busy right now, um, then you have all these rooms for tourists, right, to come in. Um, and that's a lot of rooms for a lot of tourists. I mean, our our visitation has gone up a lot, but that is so many rooms. I mean, if you think back pre 2006, when the community really relied on tourism, 600 rooms, now we have 1,310 rooms. Um, and so we have this whole price war going on where, you know, yeah. where one hotel 
is brand new and they've got to make money. So they're like, well, we're going to charge $49 a night. And then everyone else in that same category has to charge $49 a night or less in order to get the people to stay. So even though people would stay in that brand new property for $89 a night, because they want to take all the rooms, they're going to charge $49 a night and we're going to lose half the TRT that we could collect. Interesting. You, you know, there's a couple of dynamics at play there. One is the fact that right after all that inventory got built, you know, there was that pullback in the in the oil and gas industry, which resulted in all this inventory and, and the, the price wars that are happening now. But if I'm a tourist, that is a fantastic deal to be able to go down to Vernal have to go to this great attraction and be able for $49 a night to have my family go see Dinosaur National Monument, uh, to go see some of the other amazing things like the museums. Uh, you know, you've got Red Fleet State Park. You've got so many different things to do there. Fantasy Canyon. What a deal, right? <laughs> yeah, what a deal. And that's and that's kind of like the story that we're telling. Like, what a deal. Come and take advantage of this. And and we're getting a lot of feedback. Like, we're tired of paying the two, three hundred bucks a night to go somewhere else when we're out ATVing and riding our bike and doing all this. And we just need a place to take a shower and to sleep. And we're we're done. Um, competing for those type of rooms. And so now um, we're really trying to to hone in on our on our marketing efforts on that kind of um, tourist and and get them in here and get them to see what we have and take advantage of those rooms and and the rates will rise. I mean, you know, eventually there'll be enough people coming in and, and it's not $49 any anymore, you know, you really can't find one that's like decent for $69, 79 $89 a night. Um, but it it's definitely been an interesting ride to ride the last four years as the inventory has increased. Um, I mean, that's more than double in the last 12 years. And and watch that um, watch that TRT fluctuate. I mean, it's so hard because we look at our report and we're like, we sold more rooms this year, but our taxes came in less because of the rate they're charging versus what they used to charge. Yeah. So. That, those are some unique challenges. I think that are probably pretty unique to your destination. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the different types of visitors that you have. And you, you know, my personal opinion is that, that one of the campaigns that you've done is probably one of my favorite campaigns that I've ever seen uh, because you've got some unique challenges with your dinosaur national monument product and you've got families that need to come down, bring the kids. You know, you, I, you've told me several times you have a lot of like parents that went as a kid to Dinosaur National Monument and haven't taken their kids yet. And, uh, you know, did a really cool campaign to try to generate that kind of interest. Do you want to talk a little bit about the Origin of Adventure campaign? Yeah, let's talk about Vernon Al. Great. Yeah. I'll, I'll let <laughs> you kind of kind of explain it if that's all right. Okay. So, um a few years ago, Adam and I had been talking and, and we were talking about this concept of everywhere I go, I run into people that are like, oh, I can't, Dinosaur Land, I came in there as a kid. I came there as a kid. I came there as a kid. And I always say, have you brought your kids? And people, oh, no, I need to do that. I need to do that. So we thought we need to create a campaign that um, shows people like, hey, this is a destination for kids. Bring your kids and come and see all this amazing things we have to do with dinosaurs, but then there's all this other adventure beyond the dinosaurs. So Adam sent me um, 
these fun, loving little characters called Vern and Al. Um, Al is an Allosaurus and Vern is a pterodactyl. And Vern and Al spell Vernal. So people know that they're <laughs> from Vernal. And uh, they just do all kinds of adventures. They've, they've been rafting and ATVing and they're just out exploring. They have a friend named Dinah. And if you've been to Vernal, you know our crazy pink dinosaur um, that welcomes you to the community and everyone has to have their picture taken by her. And they've met Dinah and they have other friends and they just come and, and explore dinosaur land and do awesome things. And we've been able to put that out there and we've got a coloring board, a coloring book and some video games. And we have a scavenger hunt when guests get here to our community and we've done, you know, backdrops where people can get pictures taken with them. We've created a huge Vernon Owl party at our local state park at the Fieldhouse Museum where everything's based on Vernon Owl and we do face painting and games and prizes and it, it's Vernon Owl's party that they host um, that they host every year for people to come and celebrate dinosaur land. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I love about that campaign uh, and and, you know, not just because we worked on it, right, but uh, one of the things that I love about it is Dinosaur National Monument, when you walk in, your mind is blown. I mean, there's this big wall of bones that you can see the bones like embedded in the cement there. And and there's just, there's it's difficult to describe. But the problem with Dinosaur National Monument is you have lighting issues and, you know, you try to take pictures of it and the bones don't come to life the way they do in person and so one of the things that, that we really wanted to do with that is, is, look, we can try to doctor as many photos as we can, but they're just not going to come out right, or let's bring them to life. And that's what Vernon Al really did is brought these dinosaur bones, uh, you know, theoretically, to life uh, and, and then creating the children's book and creating the coloring book assets, the scavenger hunt and, and all those different things really kind of takes something that's flat and difficult to photograph and makes it real. Uh, and and that that was really my favorite part about the campaign. I think so too. I mean, when people walk in that building with the wall, um, you know, I mean, you drive up past the mountain as you're as you're being um, shuttled up there, and then you get off the bus and you open the door, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's over fifteen hundred bones sitting here still inside the mountain where they were exposed. And um, but it's so hard to tell that story or to like try to convey that feeling to people like this is going to be life-changing for you when you come and you see this like you've always looked at dinosaurs in museums or you've read books or you've watched the movies but until you get there and you see it you just and then you're like wow okay I, I believe that's real so it was fun yeah. to have it's fun to have Vernon Al I mean they're they're the attention getter they're what what draws people to be like hey we've got to get to dinosaur land and then they can come and they can have that experience themselves um, of, you know, of seeing, of seeing the wall. And I think that's how marketing works um, altogether. You know, we're taught that you need to have something that draws the customer in. It doesn't matter if it's in the travel industry. It doesn't matter if it's clothing. It doesn't matter if it's perfume. It doesn't matter if it's food. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to have something that draws that customer to your product. And then from there, they can have the experience, right? I mean, when we see a food ad, we don't like, oh, I can, you know, I can just taste that in my mouth, right? Like it's an ad for food. We, we can't taste the food, but we can look at it and it's, it's you know, 
visually appealing. And so that's how Vernon and Al are. They're, they're visually appealing, um, grab people's attention, and then it draws them in and then they get to come and experience, experience that, um, you know, Dinosaur National Monument. It's the only place like it in the world where you can see, touch, feel, and experience that. Perfect. Perfect. And your destination, you know, it's so much more than just dinosaurs, right? That that might be the main draw, the main attention getter. There's so many other things to do. I know that we're taking our team down there later this year to do a whitewater rafting trip in your canyon, right? And so the yeah. other thing that I like about the Vernon Owl campaign is that we call it the origin of adventure because we're basically saying, why are all these dinosaur bones here? Well, it's because it's such an awesome place and, and they wanted to come here and have fun. So they just ended up here, right? Right. And, yeah, they uh, stayed here for 150 million years. So you should come <laughs> and see why. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so we actually get to show them doing those really non-dinosaur activities, right? Like the the ATV one comes to mind, right? Where we've got them jumping over the canyon in the ATV. Uh, and and anyway, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's illustration in some cases is a great way to bring something to life that's difficult to, to use a photograph or difficult to position the right way. Illustration kind of solves for that. And I, I love that about, about what we've done here. Me too. I think it turned out amazing. I thought you were kind of crazy when you first said it to me and he'll totally back that <laughs> comment up. Um, I was like, Whoa, I don't know if I can do that or not, but I always just think like, um, you know, let's give it a try. Let's, let's try it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen, right? No one comes, well, you know, risk, it, it was right? a risk. It was. And I, I was kind of like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And, but my board bought off on it and they were like, let's do it. Let's try it. Let's see how it goes. And, and, you know, we ran it um, simultaneously with some of our other advertising that we already had um, just in case, because it's kind of like, you can't put all your eggs in one basket, but it, it paid off big. I mean, we won, we won like some big awards for it and it's, it's been a great campaign and, you know, people know us as Vern and Al and we also, we didn't talk about this, but we bought a real Allosaurus, like one of those awesome. How can we forget? I know one of those awesome animatronic dinosaurs. And so people are always, little kids are always asking me, where's Al? When's Al coming out? And, um, we we take that around to different shows and different community events and people get to interact and he's kind of like our own little mascot and uh every once in a while he'll walk up and down main street during the summer and and to interact with the with the tourists and the public and it's 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 been a fun campaign it's been a fun campaign awesome well i want to i want to switch gears a little bit uh you've got really two different types of travelers and i'm i, I don't mean necessarily demographically uh i mean People come to Vernal for two different reasons, right? You've got the people that come to Vernal because it's the destination they're headed to, but then you're also in kind of a strategic position between national parks where people will stop there between Moab and Yellowstone, right? And so yeah. tell me a little bit about, you know, the positives of that, of, of the pass-through traveler, but maybe also some of the challenges that come along with it uh, and how you're attacking that. So the the challenges of a pass-through traveler is that they usually only stay one night, right? Um, and they usually get in late. Um, they're coming from a different destination and they're heading out early for, um, for the next destination that they're going to. So we've really tried to hit hard on our 
customer service and the knowledge that our visitor or that our the first point of contact person that has with them, whether it's a hotel or a restaurant, that they know what all there is to see and do here. Um, we have 12 day trips. We have um, a, a dinosaur land channel with video on it. We have all kinds of different things that that we might only get those guys for a few hours before they go to bed and then at breakfast at the hotel in the morning um, to try to sell our destination. But they may not stay this time, but if we give them all the stuff that they need to know and they've seen some beautiful country, I mean, if they're coming from Moab, going to Yellowstone or from Yellowstone and going to Moab, I mean, they're passing some of the prettiest country they've seen on their entire trip. They get to go over Flaming Gorge or they're coming up um, – you know, through, through Colorado to get here from Moab and they're seeing beautiful scenery and then they get into Vernal and they see the framing of the community by Split Mountain and Dinosaur National Monument. And so they want to come back. So we make sure that we're, we're fully stocked on all of our, our printed maps and marketing and materials and all of our frontline staff um, are educated on what they can, you know, see and do. So, so that's fun. Um, we target a lot of our advertising towards the Yellowstone traveler. Um, we know through research that um, you know, we're just a close enough distance that people will add in Dinosaur National Monument because it's unique enough, not just scenery, but they can see the dinosaurs that they want to add that in when they're doing Yellowstone. And then um, we also have the traveler that comes here as a destination. And, and they're usually more of your weekend um, type traveler, you know, they're either from the Wasatch Front in Utah, or they're from the Front Range in Colorado, and they want to escape the crowds and they want to come up. And those those people are fun because they want to come and they want to adventure and they want to get out and they want to do the lakes and the hiking and the biking and and all of that. And they they tend to be the ones that go back and tell you know ten plus people about all the fun they've had in Vernal. Great. And and you know, one of the things that I love about your strategy there is we're not going to resent the path through traveler. Instead we're going to do everything we can to capitalize on that visit and try to turn that into a future visit, right? Yeah. And and I, I'd love to know, you know, I, I know that it's probably mostly anecdotal, but as you talk to some of these visitors that are coming to Vernal as a destination, what percentage of them would you say have like they found out about Vernal through going on one of those national park tours and then planned a future trip to Vernal? Oh, probably over 50% or they've had a friend that has done that or, you know, a lot of them are just word of mouth type um, travelers that have figured it out by that. So, and we, we do have a lot of in our shoulder season, especially in our fall, fall shoulder season where you get more RVers, um, that they come in and they may have a reservation down the road for the next night or in the next two nights or three nights, but then they come in and they see all there is to do here and they've seen the beauty and they'll cancel those reservations and stay. I mean, we've got one, huh. we've got one RV park that he says, he, he says over 90% of his customers will add an additional night or two on because of all the stuff that they can see and do in Vernal. And that, that's a different kind of traveler. They've got more flexibility with an RV, but, um, and he's just a great frontline staff. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. He knows where to tell him to go. And he knows that if he can get him to stay longer, it's more money for him and more money to the community. And um, he sees that benefit. And we've got a couple of other RV parks and it, it tends to be more RVs than hotels. Um, people tend to, you know, with reservations, how they are, they have to, t- to move on, but, 
they do, once they get here, they see it all and they want to stay longer. And I, I think that's a really important takeaway for our listeners to, to this episode today is, you know, there's unique challenges in every destination. Uh, for you, the unique challenge, I, I see two unique challenges. One is that there is a pass-through component uh, to a certain type of your visitor, but you've been able to capitalize on that and really use that to drive future visitation. So instead of resenting that visitor, you're instead doing the right things from a customer experience standpoint to make sure that they come back. And I think the second thing that, that people could take away is, you know, the oil and gas pullback and the increased hotel inventory that you had, that that's a really unique challenge that I, that, that, to me would be a difficult one to try to solve, but communicating the value to the visitor of what they're actually going to be able to experience for the price they're going to experience it for, you know, another great way to capitalize on a unique challenge and provide a better customer experience. I agree. You know, when we were talking TRT, we didn't really get um, into the fact that, I mean, all of the, the managers and the owners, they they think that I can fix the pricing issue. They think that I can make them have more money, and I and that's it, <laughs> super. It's like it's a lot of pressure, and um, you know, because you want to see them be successful, and um, you know, that's against the law for me to tell them how much they can charge, and you know, for them to work together on on what they can charge. But it's you know, it's it's probably the one thing that I stress about the most is. Um, is the rates here in Vernal. And I, I don't stress yeah. about the occupancy. I mean, our hotels are busy. Um, it's just, it's a rate issue and it's because of, because of the overbuild. And then they've just gotten into a pattern where even in the summer when it's busy and they're all running, you know, 70% occupancy or more, um, they just can't get out of that, that price fix that they've put themselves into. Interesting. Well, it sounds like that's the next unique challenge that you're going to you're going to be able to to try to tackle there is yeah. is that pricing and inventory issue. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be uh, a fun tackle. Tell me tell me a little bit about what's next for you into County, Utah. What are what are you guys focused on and and maybe your major initiatives in the next couple of years? So, uh, we're really working on uh trail building and wayfinding and um just making sure that we're that we're promise that we're fulfilling the promises that we're making through our advertising. So we're telling them that it's a certain experience when they get here and what they can see and do, and then making sure that um, people can get out and they can experience that and access that and have everything they need um, easy for the visitor for their experience. Um, to be amazing so that they go back and tell their friends and family to come. So I, I see our community growing. I mean, just in the last couple of years, it's really grown into more of a recreational tourism industry and uh, watching as we, we've got a couple of big grants um, that we're working on some trail systems and a new mountain biking complex coming in. And uh, I think it's Vernal's kind of, this summer, more than anything, we've been hearing a lot of people saying it's the up and coming recreational spot. There's, you know, it's not overcrowded. Uh, we've got great restaurants. We didn't even get to that part, but we've got we've got great restaurants and breweries oh gosh, here, yeah. and and it's just it's it's an up and coming spot. So maybe in two years, if you've still got this podcast, we can get on and talk again, and and hopefully we won't spend so much time on on TRT <laughs> and price, you know 
pricing and inventory and all that. We'll be talking about what are we going to do with all these people and, um, and that, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I think we do need to do a follow-up on dining in Vernal because I, I tell you what, you have some of the best restaurants that I've been to down there. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. To ch- I could talk about that all day. <laughs> right. We've got, we've got some great places to eat. And I think, um, you know, our, our this year's campaign really focused on uh, this is Vernal kind of telling the story. Like it's, it's not oil and gas. It's not just dinosaurs. It's not cheaper hotels. It's, it's great breweries. It's great recreational opportunities. It's, it's amazing rafting. It's, it's all this stuff that you usually have to go to four or five different destinations to take in. Um, and you can do it all right here in Vernal. That's great. We could probably talk for a lot longer <laughs> about this, Alicia, but we, we probably ought to start wrapping up. Is there anything that maybe I haven't asked you that you think would benefit our listeners to hear from you? I, I think we've covered most of it. I just, you know, if as the listeners, if they haven't given Vernal given Vernal a try, I I encourage you visit our website dinoland.com, see what we're about. Um, you know, and and I think ultimately have trust in in your ad agency. That's that's what I want to say in the end. Um, when Adam brought Vernon Al to me, I was a little skeptical. But but I went for it, and I'm so glad I did. It was it was a turning point for our tourism um, marketing in the area. It was really something different. It set us apart. It set us apart in the state for people to see. Hey, they're taking a chance. They're going to use animation. No one's used that before. I mean, since since Bernanal, um, lots of other destinations have started using animation um, as a marketing as a marketing tool for their area. I think just, just trust the people that you, um, that you partner with on, on your marketing efforts, because sometimes they can see the future more than you can. I, I think that's, that's a great point, Leisha, not, not just for the sake of our relationship, but for all of our listeners that may be using an agency. If you're not truly aligned and working together as a team, it's going to be really difficult to be successful, you know? And so uh, I, I think that's great advice for, for anybody that, that's listening to, you know, if you've, if you've hired somebody, if you've partnered with somebody, if you've teamed up with somebody in any way, shape or form, trust them, work together. And, and, and if you do that, you know, together, you'll work on a, on a great solution. Uh, thank you for that. Right. You can have great results. Awesome. Well, well, Alicia, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you coming on with us and, and spending some time sharing your expertise and experience with our listeners. Uh, and, and, you know, I, l- I look forward to talking to you soon. Uh, but thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Adam. All right. Everybody, this has been the Destination Marketing Podcast with our special guest, Alicia Coltharp. Uh, we got some great stuff today and, and covered a lot of territory. And I want to invite everyone to join our LinkedIn group. It's Destination Marketers on LinkedIn, along with our Facebook group, which is also Destination Marketers, where, you know, we're looking to, to build a community of destination marketers who can, you know, post ideas, suggestions, questions, and really start to grow together as an industry uh, and, and invite all of our listeners to continue to join those groups and, and you know, learn and grow together. Uh, Thanks, everybody, and we look forward to talking to you soon.